Yeah, so so it, the, it's it's really tough when when you go to a Belmont Shore who just won Super League, and they have Eagles and they have international players, right? Very high standard of rugby, and there's immense level of competition. So you really develop a, a perspective of rugby and what it can be and what it should be, and then you right. kind of take that for granted when you go to other clubs. And that's the that's the that's the drop off. So I came from two really good clubs, really good programs, and and my next career of coaching a referee, and I got to understood the other side of it. I think the minute I stepped on a practice field for rugby, the calling happened. Uh, an eight year plan to be on the team, and I was in it within two years. Don't wait until you are a pro to be a pro. Like, I like doing something, look, stopping and learning from it. Like, it just looked like it was a heavy hit. If it's up, it's not up. You know, that's the first time I played, like, professionally. I'm making rugby money. How can I make money outside of it? And those two Scottish guys, and they said, oh, you're, um, you're here for the movie. Rugby is a sport where that's often coupled with actually having a good time. He looked at me and he said, you guys are awesome. Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another great episode of Grow Rugby. My name is Gift Gift Time at and this is a show where we speak to people about the opportunities that they have found, created, or taken advantage of via rugby. Now, I'm not even going to hold back from you guys. We got an amazing guest, an amazing guest. One of my guys, he's a ref. He's been doing this for years, big-time player coming out of the West Coast, president of the West Coast Rugby Referees Union, my guy Marquise Goodwin. You guys might have seen him on USMLR games now. You've seen him in championship games, and as he continues to rise and take over within this refing game, he's coming in with a different mindset and dynamic, and you guys, it's a great conversation. This was an amazing conversation altogether. So I hope you guys enjoy this. I guys, man, I hope you had a great weekend. Gotta love again. We had rugby. I, I, look, every week that we have rugby, especially after the 552 years of time that we took during uh, 2020, is always another time to be grateful for. So, if you guys hear me say it every week, just know I am happy for it every single week, and it allows us to keep continuing. And even to think about continuing, man, we are two weeks. Two weeks away from the HBCU Rugby Classic and Music Festival happening right here in Baton Rouge. Check out the shirt. You guys can grab some of the merch over at RugbyOutletMall.com. You use coupon code GROWRUGBY for 20% off of all uh, Gift Time Rugby and HBCU Rugby Classic merch. So, guys, definitely check it out. But I hope you guys have been having a great weekend. I hope you guys have been able to have peace and you're starting the week well and hopefully this adds another little bit of levity to you not too much to be able to say hey look you know i hope you guys are looking at the videos or drop trying to drop some new content on a regular basis uh you know and if you guys can and as far as content I got to appreciate you guys for being and listening to the podcast. Saw another big increase. We're at 2,000 downloads overall so far, and that's because of you guys. Keep it going. Let's keep it making it happen. We keep bringing in great guests so that you will have more to be able to enjoy, and that's all I really want to be able to get from you. I want you guys to have value and feel value and get information from all this. 
If you guys could, though, if you could, not not too big a deal. If you guys are listening on Apple Podcasts or you're listening on, on Spotify, if you guys could go down to where that review area is and hit that, that those five stars or th- four stars, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt, four stars or five stars preferably, and leave a review, it's going to help us. It helps us get ranked a little bit more. It helps us be able to push the boundaries a little bit more. And I get to have a chance to show you guys what the real spread of what these rugby stories are up and around the area. I'm, I, I personally love every little bit of it. And, of course, please, 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 as you guys have been, continue to subscribe onto our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash network. Hit that subscribe button, hit that notification button, and let the videos rain down on you, you know? Rain down on me <laughs> but yo i hope you guys are good man I, I i'm happy for it so i'm not gonna hold you guys off too much longer i just let you guys know we're having a great week and this is gonna help you it so please enjoy the referee greats the man from out west vice president of the refer of the west coast referees union USMLR Mr. Everything, Marquise Goodwin. Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another great episode of Grow Rugby. My name is Gift Gift Tommy Bailu, and we got, hey, he already knows the deal already, but we got the V, the I, the P, the ref of refs, the VP for Southern California Referee Society, Mr. Everything for USA, MLR, rugby, like literally doing like 50 million jobs. I'm not, I don't even have a title for it. It's just, we're going to go Mr. Everything. Marquise Goodwin, man. Marquise, bro. Thanks for coming through on the show. Man, that's a that's a that's a great introduction. I, I got it. I have to have that on my cell phone. I might have to support that and, and you know put that one on my ringer to give me that little motivational jump every morning. Okay. This is what this is what we want to do. All right. Look, nobody wants an angry ref going onto the field. So if I gotta do something to help these players. <laughs> So don't worry. If you ever see me, you already know that's not gonna be the case. But, no. Absolutely. It's a great man. Movie. Really appreciate it. Thank you for what? having me. I've been a long time fan. Dude, know? like like I, 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 I appreciate it. look, look, look. I, I'm not I'm not used to having people regularly listen and then being able to come on. So this is an honor for me too, because I, I'm just like, oh, there's, there's at least there's one person. There's at least one person at least taking in the listens, you know? So uh <laughs> in the support, man. I I've been a fan of you ever since um uh, I think when you were working with the D1A last year, and um, and then you started criticizing some of my games, and I was like, <laughs> all right, you got some good jokes, some good points, but man, you don't know me, so I had to call you right away. Like, <laughs> Look, <laughs> I ain't no rap to talk about. All right, you gotta. You gotta <laughs> We questioning my cause, right? <laughs> what you, what you trying to what you trying to say? What you trying? Can you say it to my face? <laughs> Let's go, dude. And but you know what the thing is? It's it's those it's that stuff that you, you you love so much. Like I love that because it's like yo, that's engagement. Like that means again, someone's listening at least, so it doesn't have to be like just talking. <laughs> right, right. 
it's funny even on my perspective, man. I, I look and then somebody will comment or like, oh, I thought you had a good game. I'm like, where are you watching that? <laughs> are people watching me? Hold on. Right. <laughs> but they're all right. <laughs> like, like, man, I got to go and jog a little bit. I look good. People watching. But it's always <laughs> good when somebody call you up on it. So, uh, yeah, definitely. Definitely um, been following. You've been doing great things. And, and I'm, I'm glad to be a part of the train, man. Finally hopping mm-hmm. on. Look, man, look, man. Like I said, the, the honor is absolutely mutual on both sides, brother. Absolutely mutual. So you already know the game on this one, man. So, you know, I'm going to still say it to you, but I, you know the game. Every superhero has an origin story, brother. And, uh, <laughs> you know, for you being as as connected within the rough, the referee societies and as you're, you've de- developed so much, and even just in the last year, like I even b- before this, in the last year, you've already been able to add so much into your repertoire. So I always like to ask, man, like, how did you get started in rugby, man? And um, and and rugby is interesting because I went to uh, a very esteemed school of UC Santa Barbara out there. It was at the time number two party school in the country. You know, what I'm it was great. It was a fun. Anybody know about UCSB know know that it was a great time. However, I was. I was fairly focused on my academics. So I, I, I went in um, just to go to school because I played water polo in high school, volleyball, mm-hmm. and, you know, just usual sports. And so how I stumbled across rugby is pretty much like most college athletes that get into it the first time. Is that, it's that uh, Rexon State Fair, you know, where they have different sports out there. It's like badminton guy, you know, a, you know, fencing guy or something. And then right. me and my friend, a uh, uh, big shout out to Anthony Jimenez, Seen a guy named Dropkick and he had a ball. So that tells you first thing wrote rugby, right? A guy named Dropkick. You're like, what do you mean your name is Dropkick? Like, oh, get nicknames in rugby. I'm all like, no, you ain't giving no. me a nickname. I'm sorry. I, I, right? Call me by my name. All right. This, this, this. We good. We good. You don't need to. You don't need to get fancy yeah. with this. So I already had a bit. I, I pretty much established myself at that point. But no, we just signed up and uh, went out to a practice. And at the time, they were going. To, they were playing a New Zealand um, Institute of Sport was going to come over because um, they had relationships with them before. So, right. just just imagine your first time playing rugby. Um, you go out to a training session. This was probably like at five, six, seven at night, and it was one of those nights where it's like a cool, misty night. So the sweat right. comes off everyone, right? And the heat rising off. All I remember is this guy named Hightower. I don't even know his name anymore. <laughs> his name was Hightower. Black dude who was six foot five, right? Bruh. So I'm just walking up like I'm supposed to play this sport. And all I see is wet, steam, and they hitting each other. And I'm coming from water polo. So it's physical, but ain't nobody touching me like that, right? So you got you got at least the buoyancy of water to like be able to bounce yeah. off from here. And so I was like, all right, so they'll come to the game, this is not, and then they wind up playing this New Zealand Institute of Sport, which is pretty much a, new, a rugby academy in New Zealand. Right. Uh, shout out to Jim Love, extremely uh, uh, talented coach out there. But um, so I really got to see really good rugby for the first time. And then uh, I started playing in college, played a little bit of rep level. And uh, I was pretty esteemed for from running away from tackles because remember, man, no one's touching me. So I got really good at running away from people, not because I was trying to, because I was not willing to get hit. No, no, it's, it's like, don't touch my body. <laughs> all right. Like, <laughs> Anything I can naturally to get out the situation where you touch the skin I'm in. So that's how I got rugby, and it was uh, 
it was it was it was a great. I traveled the world, you know, played at a fairly high level. Right. Played with uh, with Belmont Shore afterwards. Played Griffins for rep level stuff. It was it was it was a really good good experience playing. So that's where I started. Yeah. So you know you you talk about like that first time going in and you're seeing these guys going at each other. Like from that moment, how come you what what changed where you were like you know what. I'm seeing this, but F it. I got to go give this a try. Because, again, you know, you're talking about water polo. You're talking about all these other sports yeah. that, well, our contact are not like the contact like that. There's always at least a little something off from you. So, For me, it wasn't the contact. It was it was the fact that I did not play football in high school. Right. Didn't play basketball. I didn't play anything traditional. So <laughs> I didn't have on the sidelines that, you know, Friday night lights kind of feel. And I, I wanted to, I wanted to dabble just a bit, you know. I wanted to see what it was like for the crowd to cheer your name as you're scoring and all of that stuff. So that that's what really got me into it because I didn't come from that environment. I'm coming, right. from, you know. You hear whistles and like it's, it's it's not the it's not the same. And so, right. um, and as a freshman, I was always, I mean, think about it. I'm, I'm from Long Beach. There's not too many black kids playing water polo, swimming, and uh, volleyball. Facts. I tell you that right now. So I'm. <laughs> I'm used to playing around people that are not like me. And, and I'm, I'm also, I, I enjoy trying out new things. So it was something right. that was comfortable being uncomfortable. So I wanted to try it. And then when I found out there was a very skill in evading people, I was like, I kind of found my place. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not a big tackler. Like, I mean, I can hit if I'm, you know, everyone can hit. But for me, I had a very good skill set in not being hit. And so you basically took up the traditional wing position. Yeah, I, it wasn't traditional at the time because um, I was, I mean, I am, I, I'm six foot two, you know, 210. Right. So, so you still, you're a big the, wing, but time, you're doing wing. wing. That was, yeah. That wasn't a, nowadays it's pretty small, but, right. you know, like back in the day, the wings were very small. So I actually started at um, Flanker, Flanker and Lock. For the okay, that makes more sense. And I dominated the lineouts. I stole lineout balls. Like I can do that. That's easy. I can steal some balls. Throw me up there. Even until today, someone will see me. I'll, I'll get in, teach some lineout skills. But uh, and after that, I um, I, my roots of running away from people. I kept running away from my forwards. So <laughs> shout out. To, uh, and I don't even know if I want to include this, but I mean, yeah, I will. You know, yeah, Kevin, throw it in. Kevin Battle was my coach. So let's go, Kevin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he got me started, and he was like. Marquise, look, man, you got to go out there with the backs. Go, go play wing because you you run away from your support. I'm like, what support? I don't need no support, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and then I ended my career um, wing and fullback, and uh, it, it was good because I got to see every every part, scrums, lineouts, right, set piece, all the things. So it, it definitely prepared me for my later career as a referee and, and coach. And yeah, that was, it was really good. So, I, you know, I, I find it interesting. There's, there's a number of things here. You know, obviously there comes one point when it comes to the alternative sports. So there's always this adventure kind of mindset of like, you know, let's let's stick, let's step outside the norm here. And then when you're talking about being fullback and, and wing, again, it's that stepping outside the box, kind of seeing everything across. Have you always been kind of an analytical person whenever you're looking at, uh, at things that, that it kind of just – really naturally worked into what you wanted to do already. Absolutely. I think that that was the biggest draw because uh, it, it was opposite of football for me. I, mm. I felt football was some guy telling you to go left and right, and I was mm. never that person. I will probably be coaching before I'm even playing, 
you know, like right. I think we should go right then left because of this, this and that. And so <laughs> rugby, I found to be a, a, a thinking man sport and um, the analytical piece, always analyzing situations and, and right. building skills. Um, I found that it was a, it was an abundant place where you can play a game and actually, you know, be very novice at each position. So you can learn how to be a prop, but then you got to learn how to be a flanker. Then you have to learn how to be a 10. Then you have to learn how to kick. There's so many things you have to learn, even if you are an expert within the game. So right. now when I moved from lock to, I mean, from flanker to lock to wing to fullback, there was a set of skills I was always learning. So that kept me engaged at a high level, uh, especially like uh, mentally within the game as well. So, and with every position, I had to learn a new skill set. So you had to put more time on the field. And, and yeah, I mean, even at the time, I'm pretty sure coaches would tell you I wasn't the easiest to work with. <laughs> I thought I was the best, right? Which everyone should. Everyone right. Should. You, sh- you need to have that confidence. Yeah, you you got to have that confidence. You need it. But in retrospect, I didn't know anything I was doing. I, <laughs> I know what I was doing. But um, that's what that's what in an in a, in a, in a athlete, you know, of a novice athlete you want them to be eager you want them to learn and and you want them to try and so uh you want them to fall in love with the game so that's that's what happens no you know i i, I can feel that i know for me even whenever playing at and when i started playing because i played flanker and then thank god they just let me stay at flanker because i was just like look <laughs> if i if i go anywhere else I, I i can't go inside the scrum i just in my good mind i cannot put my head behind these thighs and feel comfortable after a little bit give me my freedom that's that will always be my thing. Either put me in the most free area or let me be flanker and I can at least get between. But, you know, my coach at least recognized the fact that at, at minimum, let's get wild. Let's go tackle some people and he'll be able to knock it out. And and we can at least cultivate that. And then everybody gets mad if I don't pass the ball, if I have it or anything like that. But I'm a flanker, so I can still get away with it. But, you know, if, if you don't have the right person to at least set you in that pathway, it makes it a lot more difficult. So at least you had a good guy like Kevin who uh, 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 let you be you, even if it could be difficult. <laughs> no, he, he had to learn a lot about coaching with me. I tell you that <laughs> I was not the easiest. So I don't know if he's been on here, but he he will have some stories. So uh, yeah, at the, at the, at the, in that point of looking back on it now, in in college, you are an adult, right? But you don't have the perspective of the past to rely on. You can only right. just think about the future and think about ahead. So now, now you have the have the age where I can look back. You kind of realize, like, yeah, you didn't you didn't know anything. <laughs> um, you probably eating a lot better, right? You know what I'm saying? Like hot Cheetos and everything was not just not the, it's not good habits, right? Study habits, decision making. All of those things that you you think that you got it, you can handle it. it. You it's not. And you're like, man, you just 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 listen to your elders. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, right? it's it's a need to be able to communicate that out because I think even you we know this. It's one of the reasons why I give a lot of credit. Uh, I give a lot of empathy to people who are in their teens and early twenties. Because it's like, look, I, I know what you're feeling right now. Like, I, I genuinely know. I, I, I know this rebellion that you have inside you. Believe me, you don't know anything. But don't worry. I will explain to you why you don't know anything. Absolutely. But and, and that always ends up being the key. Is like, yo, let me explain to you. Because otherwise, you're just being told no, yes. And, of course, you're going to rebel even harder against that. 
Yeah, because in my analytical brain, it can't tell me no. And yeah, I need to understand why. And, exactly. I mean, to segue into coaching and refereeing, that's that's been a really good journey because you you always trying to understand why, and it's always changing at every single level. So. So before we get into that, because I, I still want to kind of get a little bit as you're growing to this point. So like you're at UC Barbara and you played all you played all four years at UC Barbara, right? UC Santa Barbara. Guys. UC Santa. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, I that statement. It's all good. <laughs> you can say ESB, UCSB, Santa Barbara. Don't say UC Barbara, man. You should <laughs> Look. <laughs> this, 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 this is the other L.A., all right? Look, 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 let me have – we have our L.A. This is the other L.A., all right? Let me make – That's true. <laughs> no, no, but the, oh, for UC Santa Barbara, you, you were there for the four years, four and a half or so, right? So in, in that time, obviously California has a really eclectic rugby um, play. Uh, you guys have a lot of competition from the levels. As you kind of grew within this, this sport here, like – what was it that your perspective was in the game? Because from the outside in, we will go, man, California's got one of the best rugby you got. Obviously, you have a very South Pacific uh, 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 culture that's out there. So there's already preeminent thought of top-level rugby. From you, even within the the cocky bravado, like, did it feel like it would live up to that concept? Or do you think it's like, well, it's good, but you know, it didn't seem anything out of the ordinary than I, than I would have expected. Hey guys, I just want to take a quick moment to talk to you about the Rugby Outlet Mall. Now, I know you guys have heard me talk about this many times in the show before, typically in the intro, but I wanted to really make sure to get your focus on it because the Rugby Outlet Mall is not just the commerce hub for gift time rugby, but it is an area where we want to be able to create the movement and the symbolic elements that add to the movement. The Rugby Outlet Mall is here so that we can have something that not just to have for the field, but more importantly to be able to have as a regular lifestyle. Because as you know, rugby is not just a sport. It's a whole way of life. It is a movement. And we have everything moving from cultural to your pop culture items like our Rugby Zon shirts or and sweaters, uh, sweaters as well as representing for the culture as we continue to develop the HBCU Rugby Classic. And we want to continue to support these things because it only grows the sport overall. We are continually growing to be able to make sure that we are connecting with you on a personal level as well as a rugby level. And for you guys that are listening to the podcast and listening to this show, want to let you know that you are going to get 20% off all gear that is under the category of Gift Time Rugby Network and the HBCU Rugby Classic. That is basically the entire store. And all you need to use is promo code GROWRUGBY, G-R-E-A-U-X Rugby. And with that, you guys will get 20% off any clothing that is in the store as of right now. And of course, we're always building up more and more each time. But we want to make sure that you are able to symbolize your rugby faithfulness to the rest of the world and let them know that there is an opportunity to be able to develop, to grow, and to get better each and every time in this sport. So guys, I hope you guys check it out. Definitely go, and you guys can go to www.rugbyoutletmall.com. That is rugbyoutletmall.com. Guys, you're not going to want to miss one bit of this. Now let's get back to it.
Um, and I'm gonna ask you to clarify that one. So, are you are you saying the level of rugby or the popularity of rugby? The level of rugby. The level of rugby. So yeah, I was I was very fortunate in my rugby career to start off and 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 finish at two probably the best clubs in the nation. You see, nice. Barbara. I mean, when we played, we we made it to the lead eight, and this was before D one A and D one double A and blah, blah, like the whole list. It was just Division one. So nice. that was that was back in the day where everyone played everyone from Southern California. You only played once, and that was it because there were so many teams in Division one. Um, and we made it, we made it to lead eight a couple years in a row in a row. So we were a top division program. And I, I got kind of got spoiled because from there you you learn really good habits, you learn really good uh, work ethics. Right. That is tremendous. You know, you know how to win. You have you have a lot going for you. So when you when you go in and uh, try out for a rep side like the Griffins back in the back in the day, we had ITTs and right. then, great. It was like this is how you become all American. You basically join the Griffins or join your rep uh, rep side play in the tournament and if they like you you're an all-american it was very clear cut and also nice. clarity of the process back in the day i was like man if, if i want to take my rugby career to the next level Just, it's it's simple it's not combined it's not this it's not anything right. like it's it's just very simple you perform you get rewarded and so i had a, a really good relationship or i respected that relationship rugby had so from college i i went to belmont shore and now another high level and you're just continuing that that progress there yeah so so it, the, it's it's really tough when when you go to a belmont shore who just won super league and they have eagles and they have international players right very high standard of rugby and there's immense level of competition so you'd really develop a, a perspective of rugby and what it can be and what it should be and then right. you kind of take that for granted when you go to other clubs and that's the that's the that's the drop off. So I came from two really good clubs, really good programs, and and my next career of coaching and referee, and I got to understood the other side of it. So <laughs> and now I I know what we can be, and now I'm very teaching and 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 trying to get everyone there to that level. So I don't know if that answers the question, but uh, it does. It does because I mean, look, you it, it does give you it shows you where your standard is and when you're going into it. But I, I, it actually makes it a little bit more curious as to even what you were taking in from that coaching because whenever you're feeling that you have such an amazing structure with it, right, and you move on to the next a level that might not be as as preeminent. The question now goes into like which I'm, I ask you. Did you feel like you were developing from the coaching or did you feel like the environment just made it easier for you to do your job? So like, yeah. So for me as a player, you don't know how good coaching you're getting. You right. know, you don't know even as a, as a son and a daughter, how great your parents are right. up until you can compare your parents with someone else. You're like, <laughs> Shit, man. My mom took care of five kids when she was single. How the dick? She's not bad at all. I, I mean, growing up, I'm thinking she's all, she's all right, you know. <laughs> but when you, in, in comparison, she's great. And so same thing with your coaches. So the coaches, and a lot of players think this, like you, you always can, can do a performance review of your coach. Like, you know, he right. can do that better. She can do that better. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Up until you realize that, you know, there's some there's some programs that that don't aren't fortunate enough to have a head coach, a director of rugby, an assistant coach, a physio, a team doctor, Pilates person. And right. then you, realize you go to another club, and you say, oh, it's just that one guy who showed <laughs> this is it. Is late. Is this <laughs> how are you guys even surviving? Line now, you're like, is this a program? Like, like, yeah, this is rugby. So, so, in in that regard, I would say, I believe it's the environment, and an environment comes from the administration and right. coaches and what they set up for their players for success. So, if you're used to going to a training and it starts on time, and used to going to a training and sixty players are there and everyone's yeah. buying for top 15 spot and you notice that they're running and doing you know ball work kicking passing an hour before training even starts it start to seep into your mind what the expectation is to get to that so the environment that was set up at those clubs um college and 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 senior club it's an environment of excellence excellence and more importantly i think competition so when you know someone's vying for your spot you have You're to gonna put in that work, right? You gotta show up earlier. You gotta run a little bit harder. You gotta right. put a little bit more work in. You gotta not fuss a little bit more. <laughs> gotta be more skilled. You have to be the, the competition level creates a, the, the athlete and the person that all clubs want. So true story. If you're thinking about changing or or you want to compete at the highest level, it's it's all about the environment that you provide for whatever program. Refereeing, coaches, players, it's, it's all the same. It's all about the environment for me. Word to, word to that. Can you hang tight one second? My cats are stuck inside my room real quick. Can you hang tight one real quick <laughs> second? <laughs> Hold on, I'm sorry. Can I stop by the cats, man? <laughs> now I'm going to talk to myself. It's all right. I'm just doing the commercial shoot in between. <laughs> oh, shoot. It's like, and we're back. Yo, welcome, <laughs> man. That was so good. <laughs> oh, um, so I, I love the fact of when you're talking about in the environment, but this is one thing that I've always found very interesting when it comes to rugby because of the fact that we have to always work to this adjust. We have to adjust to our environment so much more. Do you, so as you went into coaching and you got done with Belmont shore and I'm, I'm going to kind of lead this up better. How long did you end up playing for Belmont shore before you started uh, coaching? It wasn't too long. I'll tell you that right now. Man. <laughs> this was, I'll tell you the reason. Shout out to USA rugby. I quit because I, I tweaked my knee in one game against Ombak, and I was probably there maybe a year and a half, two, something like that. Yeah. Years, I want to say. And um, there was no CIPP back in the day. So it was oh. no, this was before insurance. So, wait, wait, wait. So what year was this? On, let, let, let's put some time period. Let's stamp it. Show your age. Not the grades, man. I'm trying to stay young and youthful. I got everybody all like him. Yeah, he's he old, man. Like 50. <laughs> <laughs> Let me do the calculations on that. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I'll tell you. This was um like 2008, I want to say. Like right, 2000, okay. 2008. And that was, um I think CIPP must have came out maybe. Like 09, 2010, something yeah. like that. It, it, was, it was coming out when I was leaving. Because at the time, I was trying to become a teacher. I was in grad school. And then uh, my daughter was born. Mm-hmm. I was like. I want to be able to run when I'm 40. Right. <laughs> the small things, the small things, you know. <laughs> like, how am I going to pay for ACL surgery, man? I'm, I'm, I'm working the midnight shift to pay for rent. So rugby stuff is not working out. And at that time, 
Um, I was fortunate enough to uh, big shout out to Kevin because I know he's going to come up a bunch of times. So <laughs> I, I was his assistant coach first. That was my first job. Uh, right. And I got back to Santa Barbara, and then he had me on as a as a little minion. I wouldn't even say assistant coach at the time. I was just same thing as a player. I, I thought I knew what I was doing, you know, <laughs> run here, pass here, switch your elbows, and and uh, I, I fell in love with coaching. And we got an opportunity to work with the Santa Barbara Rugby Academy, mm-hmm. A side, B side. We had a couple of coaches, some Aussies that came over and. You know, it was a it was a complete coaching staff, and I think um, that structure set me up for how coaching should be. Because right. I mean, at Monday night coaching meetings, you know, at you know, at, at a restaurant or something, go over the game plans of the week, players injuries, this that, the third, you know, expectations where we fell off, the whole, right. piece, you know. Then we went, had film review, and then we had all the trainings, you know, six a.m. runs conditioning and then you know some skill set in the daytime and then we had the tuesday thursday recovery some more film and then the game on saturday so it was a, it was a full-on program and then, what to say you guys are having a daily a daily work schedule uh as opposed to just that base two days a week standard tuesday the tuesday thursday coaching thing was not in my repertoire <laughs> of what you should be doing to have a successful program so i, I I scratch my head when I hear people like, yeah, we just got training from 5.30 to 6.30, Tuesday, Thursday, and we want to win a national championship. It's like, yo, what? <laughs> I'm like, and that's cool. Yeah, I agree with you. However, there are teams out there that's doing this, that, and the third, and that's mm-hmm. competition. So I was able to see earlier what it takes to perform at that level, and I, right. that's what I took and with the other jobs that um, I was doing. Because at the time, I was a novice coach that didn't have any coaching skills. So right. how eat with this Australian guy with the accent, you know? <laughs> it doesn't even matter the skills. It's like, yo, you don't even got the accent. You, you could have at least oh, yeah. gotten it with the accent, right? right? <laughs> if you know me, you know I'm big on that. I'm like, I ain't got the accent. So I have to have a skill set, and I have to, I have to bring something that they can't. And so um, what that was, interesting enough, was uh remember i was i was you know going to school to become a teacher and i was i've always been involved in teaching and 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 in that regard so that's why you fell in love with coaching so hard right i started to uh i put together a summer program where we got kids the icef kids south central um and you probably a a bunch of them um because they went on to do incredible things Uh, but i got i applied for some grants at the college to get them college courses in the summer then also they were working um, housing. So they had a full college program, a college class at 16, 17. Um, and that was part of our, our summer rugby camp. So it was about nice. those athletes. And then from that, I got a job uh, uh, teaching and coaching high school and stuff. So I kind of combined education and rugby because I felt my, my, my resume wouldn't be able to, to uphold. If Kevin had to pick, me or the Australian guy? You got to pick the Australian guy. He got the resume. Of course, he's got the he's got the forget the resume. Yeah. And once again, he's got the accent. That is the resume, right? Then, no, yeah. like, so he's got my, the real resume. But I my can feel competition it. piece was like, cool. I'm gonna just get you on the academic stuff. I'm gonna make sure the right. athletes stay in the university. I'm gonna make sure that the tutoring is all good. 
I'm right. gonna make or I build a pipeline for uh, athletes to come to Santa Barbara um, right. through the summer program. I have to offer everything outside that's going to build this program. And, and that's when I kind of saw the connection, um, especially with a lot of uh, uh, coaches, uh, American born and bred coaches. Like we have to compete internationally. So you, you have to you have to have something different to your resume. And, and right. me, we talk about the roles that I do now, and that's just an extension of it, right? So <laughs> it's like you know, it, this guy may be better to me, but I'm gonna give you, I would give you a hundred, ten, fifteen thousand percent, and I'll give you things that you probably didn't think you needed. Here, see, but that's need, legit. Video work you need this. I, I can do. I it. got you. Yeah, I got you. I can film it. I can record it. <laughs> I can coach it. I can referee it. <laughs> I can uh, set up the whole tournament. I can do it all. So uh, whatever gets you in the door and, and keep that passion growing. Okay? So I, 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 it's interesting because it, you're doing things that from even a base level, we're talking about from like a, a, a business level of, of the sport that most, if not, I'd say probably solid 99.9%, 99.5% of teams in the States or even around globally have not able been able to do. You're talking about finding grants to be able to bring students in and creating the pipelines and stuff like that, which establishes an actual systemic structure as opposed to just what happens in the play. So in doing that stuff, you're creating this imprint for yourself. Like, are you seeing this as doing it differently just because it's the resume? Or are you seeing it like, why are not other, are there other clubs doing it? Or why aren't other clubs doing it? Like, why would you think on this level and then how you end up using it for the future? I think um, then I'll, I'll use a player as the analogy. If, if I'm competing against Joe Tafete, who's right. a hooker right now, I have to do more and bring more than Joe. And right. he does everything pretty damn well. Mm-hmm. Right? He's good. He's really good. He's fucking professional. So what could I do and not can to I earn that jersey until I earn that spot? And so then I, if, if I'm looking at a program and a program is asking me like, yeah, we struggle here, here and there. It's you have to compete at every single level. So we're talking about recruitment. Like what is the other teams doing for recruitment? And I think the best in recruitment right now is, is still Cal St. Mary's life, Lindenwood. Right. Who recruits better than Cal St. Mary's life, Lindenwood, uh, UCLA, Arizona? You know, they mm. do a fair, a fairly good job at recruiting. But right. if you're looking at a program, especially collegiate, like you have to say, like, how can how can I compete with them? Oh, easy. You have to do everything that they do, but better. So right. Look, look at they look at what they do very well, and then and put the icings on the cake. And it and it's going to be, I think a a program that I, I really like now. I think it's Iowa Central, mm-hmm. like City College, right? They City yep. College, Community College, yep. College, they have uh they got the dorms that they were able to tap into. They were able to tap tap into the varsity status program, and next right. thing you have a national championship out of Iowa. Facts. It's not it's not rocket science. Like it's, it's, it's pretty much there. We can use baseball, football, basketball as, a, as, as a reference point to how do you become successful? And you just kind of emulate that. And right. if, if it's coaching or is it refereeing, it's the same thing. It's, it's the competition piece or if it's podcasting or whatever, 
you know, whoever has the number one podcast, they got 10 episodes. Gift, you know, you got to do 20. You right. Know? Like, you know, we let, like, we got we to we gotta amp it up. <laughs> you got to amp it up. You know, they got this. You got to add up. Like, you, you have to compete and, and, and under promise over deliver. And right. so it, it, to, to me, it's um, programs have to have to see what their goals are and what they really want. And then and then make sure that they're doing everything they can to get there. And right. there's mad resources. So you ask me, how did I do it? I, I mean, I grew up in a project. So, you know, how did you eat? You, 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 get, you got, if you're hungry, you're going to get fed. You make yourself a syrup sandwich. Okay? You get right. that bologna, and then you, you fry it on one side. So you get that little, that little, uh, that little mount, you know, what I mean? you eat the side of it to make it it's a little bit more salty on the edge. You put that egg on top and then you eat, man. Like, I remember in high school, I, I learned how to, uh, if you don't know anything about me, I learned how to bake pretty damn well in high school. Nice. At a dollar. I, sometimes I had a dollar fifty. And that got me at the 99 cent store, a box of cake and icing. I was like, damn, I can bake a whole cake. That's a whole cake. No, that's a true story. Hold on a hot second, man. I'm paying a dollar for a little Debbie snack cake. I got the whole thing. <laughs> so you got to look at what you got. And you got to take the best decisions from it. Yo. I don't know how we got into cake baking, but I look after I just take the same approach and everything that I do. You know, it's it's cool. I, I got five dollars to work with. How 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 can I how we make it stretch? How to make it stretch? Yeah. Yo, I want to talk to you guys about the HBC Rugby Classic and Music Festival. Yo, this is the best event that is coming out in terms of cultural rugby it is a representative of the historically black colleges and universities but not just simply to represent for them but to be able to continue to promote the development of rugby in all communities and we want you guys to know that we are coming back for may 1st and 2nd 2021 do not want to miss this one I know there's a chance that you guys might not be able to come into the stadium, but please be sure to get ready to watch it. We have a great set of teams coming up, great invitations from youth rugby all the way up to senior level rugby. So we are not just going to make it so that you only look for or understand one part, but this is for the whole shebang. This is something that is growing that will only make us better. So definitely check out more information at www. Dot H-B-C-U, rugbyclassic.com or find us on uh, social media at HBCU Rugby on Twitter and HBCU Rugby Classic on Facebook and Instagram. Guys, I know you're going to love this. That is, it's something that I've found very interesting when it comes to a lot of, of what we look for when it comes to growth. Because, you know, I, I always tell people, you know, for me, why is it that I will continue doing something in rugby whenever it's not quote quote popular? And I'm like, well, okay, what is it that we need for popularity? Well, you need people. Well, we got at least a hundred thousand people who are are playing or a part of it. So if you tell me, hey, we got a hundred thousand people, if someone says that you have a hundred thousand followers, they've never heard anyone be like, you know what, man, I don't think you have any followers. Like, you don't got anything. Like, you can't start anything. 100,000 people, a dollar per person, yo, it's something. So it's what do we try and pull off from there? You have a, something to base to start off as a base, and then, like, how do we attract more people in? And, and, and it is that hunger. Like, how badly do you want it? What is that change that's needed? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times so many people get stuck in the, the idea of what has been. Even, 
like how we fundraise. It's always like the same thing over <laughs> and over and over again. I'm like, guys, like, yeah, you, you think that maybe, maybe the gig might be up. Like, maybe you need to tweak this. Maybe, maybe being necessarily 501c3 isn't the ultimate money maker, or maybe it's changing the way that you are fundraising and being like, yo, maybe you actually set up a side where you bring spectators. I don't know. It's it it differs, but mm-hmm. like from you, even as a having been a coach with teams that have struggled clearly as, as, as you, you implied like that mindset for you, like how much did that become prevalent versus what you're, what you know on like trying to make it happen? Um, I would I would say I I definitely try not to read the comments. You know, some some people some people read the comments. Some people put right. a YouTube video out and they stroll through the comments and they take all that information and they get depressed or they get happy or they feel exactly how they want to feel because they you know you read the comment that you that that you want to read. justify your feeling. You're looking for justification. Absolutely, and I and I think with me. I don't I don't necessarily need the justification. Mm. I I'm reading the comment, the one that's gonna make me better or give me access to some knowledge or or information that's going to help me achieve my goal. That's right. the comments that I'm trying to read. Those are the relationships that I'm trying to build, those are the people that I deal with, um, those are the expectations that I live by, the structures that I put myself in place, or the structures that I try to create within any organization that I work with. Right. Like, and it's exactly the same. So in, in rugby, there's there's a good opportunity um, to to put your name on the cement as it's drying. Right. right? We, we we built something in, in the U.S. and the paint still I mean, the cement is still drying, drying. Uh, I can't even speak. Right. <laughs> the cement is drying. Right? It's too much red. It's too much red card paperwork that you've been doing. You know, it's just. I don't want to get me started on that one, but um, <laughs> but every everyone here can even criticize this the what we created, right? Or or you can shape it, or you can be proud of what you're doing. And so I think it's a you you need the criticism. You need to be able to shape the work that you're doing. You need to make sure that you sign off on it, and so you you can you can you know, have a little bit of a legacy when we look back at what you was able to, to achieve. Because if I look back at my career, I'm, I, you know, I, I spent so much time away from family and friends mm-hmm. on the weekends. And I have to be proud of what I've done because the other choice is I should have been with family, right? I should have been right. with my, my wife, you know, I should have been with my friends. I could have hung out. But I put a lot of time and effort in rugby. So whatever I'm doing, I want to make sure that, you know, when I'm sitting back and I'm 45, 50, I'm not 45 or 50. (laughs) Still in my 30s, young, early 30s. Thank you. You know, praise hereditary. Relax. But um, when I'm at those ages and I look back, I can be proud of the work that I put in and right. the people that I hope, you know, share this rugby experience with. Because ultimately, I, I, you know, I, no, I, I hate bringing up the fact, you know, I'm from the projects and this. But at the it's, same time, I didn't have access right. to the things that rugby provided. And, and if I did as a kid and, and I knew it was an option, I, I lived off of the TV. I thought that was the world, you know, so. Right. You know, and, and then rugby actually brought the world to me. And now I've got, 
I want I want that same experience for those people um, who who haven't been introduced. And then when they get here, I want to make sure they have a top product and a and, and a really good club to go to and having a really good time with it because it can go left field real quick, as you know. You can be involved in the wrong club, wrong situation, and have an adversarial position in association with rugby. Or it could be very beautiful. It could be right. something that you could dedicate your life to. So when when I'm doing something or I'm working with a certain team or organization, that, that's what I want to bring to it. And that's what I want the, the people to, to enjoy so we can sit back and relax in 45 or 50 in the grandstands and talking about the good old days huh? <laughs> even even though let's let's be honest most of the time 45 50 you're probably still playing at some point so you, you might need to push it back to like, like you, you get that old boys and you you get that rock hard that rock hard run you don't have the speed oh. but you just you just take it nope nope no, the, the, I tell you why man my <laughs> mind and my body used to be like this they used to be <laughs> right they used to be the yin and the yang <laughs> right now they're more like yin yang twins <laughs> They, they, they separate. He thinks something and he does something else. I think the size that my knee says, no, sit your ass down. No, you cannot run like that. You're going to tear an Achilles. No, your spring will not hold up, buddy. No, nope. you know your place. No more. No, yeah. your place in here, okay? <laughs> like, like, <laughs> so, look, You're trying I, to do too much right now, all right? <laughs> so, from my position, I'm a firm believer in accepting and moving forward. All right, look, don't just give it up and do something else in rugby. That's why I can go from coaching to, uh, to, to playing to coaching to refereeing to administration because everything that you do gets better and better. So you enjoy that new role. Don't hold on to rugby for 50 years old and then you find out that you got to have a new knee and a new hip because you thought you was 21. Look, it ain't, it ain't for everybody, man. Like some people can do it cool, but for me, I uh, and I, I want to give a lot more than just my body to the game. There we go. I can feel that. I can feel that. You know, <laughs> respect, respect. It, 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 and it lets you it lets you be more impactful over the long haul. So I, I can respect where that goes. Yeah, man. So, so you got to have some thought into this. What's <laughs> a long career, man? That's, that's, always, you can always, if you have an itch, you can always play. So True story. A one, one or two games is never going to kill you. Well, it could, but one or two games typically won't kill you. <laughs> you get that one game in per year. Look, you know, you can be satisfied. You did what you needed to do. That's true. But I, I, I would I would tell you this. I, I haven't given up the game 100%. So That's good. Um, even with my refereeing, you can most teams do find me at their training session Tuesday and Thursday nights, running with them, passing, tackling, doing, doing the business. I still would throw a shoulder in. Just in case, it's a reminder. God, that's yeah. a referee on the weekend. So they're like, "Oh, Marquis ref," you know, give him a little shoulder, like you know, put some respect on that name. And, and then on Saturday, I don't have any issues, you know. So I, you know, that's that's my. <laughs> I can go out to a practice, and a lot of practice don't matter. I can still pass, catch, run, you know, sidestep, you know, to, to a certain degree to where you know, I, I'm not, I'm not tried, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, it's no re respect, respect, respect my body, respect my my person. All right, we'll get, we'll have a good game. Don't worry. Just, just know if you're gonna come to play, I'm here for that smoke. All right. <laughs> but, but also, it gives, it gives from the refereeing side, it, it provides you with empathy. Right. And a how hard the players are training and right. what it takes. And you understand body position, body mechanics, 
how they get into these positions, you know, especially that dangerous position as a jackler, man. As a referee, I got a lot of empathy for people poaching the ball because that's a vulnerable place in the game. You get hit, and it hurts, and it hurts. So Mm -hmm. a a lot of the reason why I still go to trainings and and practice and speak with coaches and players and have good relationships is to understand and empathize with them more so – when I'm making decisions I'm making on the pitch, like like I can I can really get in the mind of the players and, and how and why they're doing what they're doing. And then right. coach out of it if I need to, right? But um it's it's not it's 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 not all for me, you know. It's for the game. <laughs> oh, it's for the game. For the game. For the game. Got you. <laughs> got you. Got you. Mm, mm. We, 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 we got you. We got you. No, you know, I I it, it's interesting. So so from going to coaching to refereeing, all right. Obviously, there there's there's a teaching element for you. But why make the switch? You know, obviously, refereeing you uh, with coaching, you have a direct relationship with the people, you know, athletes themselves. With refereeing, you have a relationship, but it's it it might not be the most most direct, and it's definitely very momentary for that. So, for you, what what led you to want to be in the refereeing community so hard? And I'm gonna challenge you right there, guess. Because you just got through saying, you know, uh, people in the past and, you know, hey, why do they think in the old way? Look, that, <laughs> that relationship with referee and player coaches is old way of thinking. It used right. to be like that. It used to be just the guy rock up and say, here's the whistle. Let's, let's go. And there's really no relationship there. So where I got started in the refing was um shout out to Kevin. Sorry, Kevin. I'm telling Yo, you. Yo, Kevin doing it. Look, yeah. look, look, look. Kevin the Kevin the Godfather. All right, let's let, look. Yeah, this is how clever he was. I remember I was assistant coach, so I had to part of our meetings is you know finding players. Like we need a lock, we need a, a wing, we need a prop, blah blah blah. Right. So he had the clever idea of like, well Marquise, man, if we get you certified to referee, you can go referee some high school games on Friday nights and then coach him i mean and talk to him and then get him to come to ucsb and introduce him <laughs> see who's it. Like, yeah that, that makes perfect sense Oop, I, you're scouting come on I'm, now basically i'm team i'm on i'm as close as you can be as a scout right like you you know him and and i was like that that's great yeah absolutely and then so i mean that worked all of a couple months <laughs> and then they were like hey you actually are a really good ref you could be a national <laughs> I'm all like, I could be a national. What? And then I started refereeing more. And then I got hooked in refereeing. So, um, but the- what was, like, what what is it that kids, because like you said, it, it's the old way is just, you know, the guy come out with the whistle, you run around. And when you say the old way, I'm talking about we still having that now. So your your old way is not that, that old. But, like, what is it about it that, that caught you? Because it's, it's one thing that people – I feel is one of the biggest misconcepted position. Like, you know, nobody feels like being the ref is really the same as playing, or it, it maybe it maybe not even supposed to be, but it doesn't have the same vibe. But you're you're on the field, you're you're there with it, but yet people seem so resistant. So for you, what what was the catch that that took you over the top where you're like, all right, man, yo, this 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 is actually a lot more about it than I gave it credit for. True. Uh, and I, I'll start off with this. There's some kids, I think more kids are not these days, you know, 11, 10, 11 years old will come up and say, you know, uh, daddy, I want sushi for my birthday. He's like, how old are you? Right. Sushi? <laughs> <laughs> what do you, like, what do you turn to a 30-year-old right now? Like, 
on sushi, man. That's, that's something for old people, right? It's the same thing with refereeing. Mm. So my relationship with refereeing, and I caught it earlier, but I should have caught it earlier. I should have caught it, you know, not, I mean, you can't because you're just now playing. Right. You know? But that relationship with, with the refereeing is something that you appreciate over time. Right. You, like you growing to love sushi. You don't really love it as a kid. Right. You like chicken nuggets. You like pizza. You, you you like the simple stuff. As a player, you like playing. You like running. You like, you know, going to the social. Yeah, but the relationship with refereeing, you 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 have you have one a little bit closer with rugby. So you start to understand rugby. So you appreciate it a lot more. And right. so that's why I started off with the sushi bit. Because once I started to referee, I, I, it kind of instantly snapped and I was like, this is the part about rugby that I really love. Super analytical. Right. I can, I mean, I had, I had a lot of friends in every team. So I got to chat with all of my friends. I wasn't loyal to, you know, loyal to one. You club. don't have to be team loyal. Right? You're just yeah. like, oh, these are my guys here and there. And I'm hanging out with my friends. I'm doing right. the same thing I would have done as a player, but I'm getting paid. <laughs> and you're avoiding hits. You're, I'm avoiding you're hits, right? <laughs> getting hit no more. My needs are being saved, right? <laughs> Making a bit of coin. And then that I helps. still represent and go to the highest level, which at that time I was like, man, rugby is – I can't be an eagle. I'm, I already knew I wasn't going to be an eagle because right. I played in some of these ITT tournaments with real eagles. So I was like, nah, that ain't me. I'm <laughs> I'm good. But that guy got off the World Cup, and, and he hits a little – he hit me like he's late on his mortgage. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, look, I'm hungry, but you starving. Like, I, I, I can't, I can't play. Like, I just, I just need a snack. You, yeah. you ask me for whole meals. Yeah, they hit me like South Africa World Cup. You know, <laughs> just they playing for their country kind of thing. And at the time, I kind of loved it. It wasn't, it wasn't good. But right. with refereeing, it just at the time, it hit a lot of uh, my buttons. So I got, I got to travel, which I love traveling. Right. right. So. It was like, yeah, if you become good, you get to travel the country internationally, become good. I'm like, okay, you could travel still. Uh, get to go to San Diego. You know, I, I like going down to San Diego. And right. It was basically a free trip. You know, you get you get 100 bucks or whatever. So it, it, it made total sense. And then I started to understand rugby a lot more. And I thought that that, that refereeing will definitely help, help my, my law knowledge. And because right. I still wanted to coach. Right, but I, I kind of understood that I you start refereeing, you realize you don't know too much of anything. You like I, right. I don't I don't know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> there's law and then there's law application and there's there's so many different things. So I had to like dive deep, 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 and that's the rabbit hole. The deeper you go, the more you realize that you know. Not only do you like sushi, you can taste the difference. And Fish. You know, and it's not yeah. just like the salmon. It's like yo, the salmon from the South Pacific right. versus. <laughs> just yeah. like... No, that, that and and once you start refereeing, that's when you like it, it's the same equivalent. It's like you driving, you flying to Japan, right? To the number one sushi place, so you can see the sushi master do it, and you really start to fall in love with it. And and, and that's what it is for refereeing. Like so, when when I talk about the relationship in the past. I, I, and I look at the referees that I work with, like that's what I want to give them. I want to give them that experience and teach them that when you do refereeing, is is way more than just blowing your whistle on Saturday. Like this right. is a relationship building. 
This is game understanding. This is helping the product on the field get that much better. And and that all, it, you are a very integral part of that development. I mean, I'm a school teacher. I know what happens when kids get shitty teachers. Right. So it's the same thing with coaches and referees. You get shitty coaches and referees, how well do the players develop? Uh, it's going to be limited. Don't you're going to get capped, obviously. Yeah, they can only develop as, as good as they're taught. And so right. I look at my role, and, and and I definitely understood at the time it's not the most popular role. In fact, dude, it, even from the games in college that I remember, I don't never I never remember my referee ever. Mm-hmm. It's not a person. But isn't that almost kind of the point? Like, your referee shouldn't be memorable. If they're calling the game right, nah, then... That's not, that's, not, that's not the case. I okay. Mean, it's like saying your water boy shouldn't be memorable. You know? Yeah, he shouldn't be memorable. Make The water should be great, and you're like, okay, I'm refreshed. And if no, they're memorable, water, it means it's... The person that's running water onto you at your most thirstiest moment right? very insignificant role. True. But should you remember him? Absolutely. You know why? Because it's a relationship Fair. that's built. Fair. And him standing exactly when you parched. He knows. Right. Everybody else know when you parch. And he may be the only person that runs off to you and give you your water in that very specific time and need. And without that, who knows? You could have lost the game. True. You know? but, but refereeing, it's in the past, I do, I, I, I do feel that way. I, I do think that it's, it's, it's not important to the game. However, the way that I approach my refereeing, I'm out. I'm out on trainings. I'm mm-hmm. on the sideline with players talking about law interpretation, how a referee is going to call it, how can they can make their scrums better, how they can do this, how they can do that. And all of that is teaching. All of that is is bringing a better product to the field. And then once we on the field, once Saturday happens, you know, it's it, uh, my teaching role is is limited. But right. now I step into my performance review role. I'm just. Right. I'm just seeing if you can deliver what we taught you throughout the week. So the absence of my presence on Monday and Friday, if you don't have a referee there to a trainings, sure. There's no relationship being built. Right. But if you do have a referee there, you know, just like you have your coach and your water boy, your physio, if they're part of that structure and that system, imagine what you can do better than your other teams that you're playing. Because remember, like I said, it's, it's competition, right? Of course. So your team has a, a coach, head coach scrum coach, a physio, and two referees there, what product on the field are they going to deliver? They're going to be less penalized. Right. And if you are like me and you analyze games very well, you know that certain teams, you can get, some teams get 14, 15 penalties easily a game. Right. Which translates to ball positioning, mm-hmm. opportunities, and it's a whole lot of things that come into that. And if you can limit that, and I think one of the best teams that I've ref is St. Mary's. Right. Very hard to penalize them. You know why? They just Super disciplined. Should be doing. It's right. Very, it's very hard team. I mean, you can't, of course, you could penalize everybody, but they they well drilled and they take the, the law application side of it. They take the refereeing side of it and they mm-hmm. get really good results on, on, on the, on Saturday. So, it's 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 a different approach that I take. However, it's a different approach that I make sure all of the referees that I work with throughout the West, West Coast rugby, you know, yeah. California to Pacific Northwest and everywhere else. It's Promote that. Yeah. Promote it. <laughs> we got to take pride in knowing that that this is the service you're going to be given. You know, mm-hmm. our referees will see you at training. We'll talk to you doing film analysis. 
we'll, 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 we'll have a coffee with you and go over this, this, and that. It's because we want to provide the best product on the field. Or you can be the referee to just show up on Saturday and go home. Hey everybody, this is just the break train sending out a personal little video diary to all you people out there where I am going to document me riding most of the way between Singapore and Tokyo for the 2019 Rugby World Cup. Because number one is because um, it's part of my business, I do Rugby Lovers Guide to Asia. Number two is I want to bring a lot of exposure to the, to the rugby clubs and the rugby NGOs and charities. Also on a personal level, I just want to break uh, the funk I've kind of felt I've been into for the last 10 years. So for the next 12 months, I poured myself into the Singapore to Tokyo campaign, but it still wasn't enough. I needed help, and it came from Louisiana. We in Singapore, baby! Gift from Gift Time Rugby USA is an extroverted tour de force. Say hi to my people out there. <laughs> Which makes up for my um, social shortcomings. This place is unbelievable. It's not just it's like What's he supposed to do? Morons, a bunch of morons. Guys, picture with me. Picture. Australian. G'day, mate. You can use my phone. But what unites us is a hunger for adventure. After KL, Kuala Lumpur. Our love of Asian rugby culture. One, two, three, seven. Yeah! Rugby is, is starting to develop here in Cambodia for women as well. Valkyries, the mighty, mighty Valkyries. And allows us to overcome incredible, incredible obstacles. This has got so thick. It's just so thick here now. It's pouring down rain again. But coming to this Thai-Cambodia border has renewed all the aggression. So the whole thing's gone buggered. I got hit. What? I got Thailanded by a motorbike. I can just feel that knee, that ankle just going in all the wrong directions under the weight of my body. But that doesn't compare to the pain of, of failure. I'm dying. Oh, I'm dying. And that's what I've been worried about this whole time. We're out here, we're running out of energy, we're running out of money, and we're feeling isolated. And yet at that critical moment, friends, family, sometimes complete strangers, come on board. Before you know it, we're back in the game. Tokyo, here we come. Making a comeback. Four weeks, 2,300 miles. Five countries! After all the trials and tribulations, this ride had become deeply personal. All that mattered now was getting to that Rugby World Cup game in Tokyo. Yeah, buddy. All right. Be easy. Go check out redearthfilms.vhx.tv to get your copy of Singapore to Tokyo any way we can. That's redearthfilms.vhx.tv. So let me ask this. So in doing all that, how do you end up preventing yourself from 
gaining bias. And obviously, you know, obviously from an individual standpoint, it might be a little bit easier. But we're talking about from group because if we're taking that um, that approach to mm-hmm. being able to ref, you know, it does create a relationship, which means it creates uh, a connection with a players or with the teams and what you expect from them. So when it comes to being on the field, how do you prevent yourself from predicting what the play the team is going to do versus just calling it as is, despite what your knowledge and teaching and connection has been with them? So I think first we, we got to replace the word prediction with anticipation. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So I ain't predicting. You don't. You, you, I <laughs> but I can't. you didn't see it. In, you didn't see it in advance. You know, you're just you didn't see it in the vision and then set I see, it. I see the options, right? Let's say, you know, I see that you are inside your 22, and then you right. got. And so I can I can anticipate that you're gonna do a couple a couple moves. You you're right. gonna have an escape strategy, or I'm looking at the defense, knowing they don't have a fullback. Another guy's down. So I'm looking at the options you may take, and I'm putting myself in a position to best adjudicate when I'm needed. So that's that's the difference. And I think um, as far as, like, the bias, it's very not, – not as very hard, but as referees, there's a lot of performance review and analysis you do on your games. Everything mm-hmm. is scrutinized. Every single call, every non-call. So in the – when you're looking at a decision you're about to make, you're also kind of looking at how it's going to look on that review. Right. Right? So let's just call it a blade one. Like, you know, oh, you missed three knock-ons, right? Right. Like you missed three knock-ons of the same team, you know? And then it's like, then you can kind of question, but at the level that I, I work with referees at, our game is the most sacred thing. So we right. – 99 100% perfect calls right so that is that's your goal you don't and you making decisions within you know 0.5 seconds right not like man you know i really had a good i had a good drink with him over the weekend they were cool people they were cool people let me let that let me let it go through with <laughs> let me get him off of this this and that like it's very hard to do that at the same time because the decisions you're making I mean, the guy just got high tackled or something. Right. You're not considering all of those things that you would be if you're sitting in the stands, you know, just having having a good old water and saying like, oh, you know, you missed that. But that's that's what it is. So from a refereeing side, the the, the goal is is to be perfect. You know, right. everyone say, oh, you can't be perfect. Yeah, you can't. But the goal is to be perfect. The goal. I mean, is you can. It, it's that. Almost close. You can get to ninety nine percent. You might not be able to get to full hundred percent, but you can so get. If you if if that's your goal and that's what you're striving for, you're striving to make the game the best game ever. Yeah. Like you have little time and room for bias. Like that's it's 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 rugby is it's too it's way too much of a game. It's too many decisions. It's right. Hard. I mean, you can. Some players can get on the nerve of referees and and kind of you know light their tails a little bit. However, it comes down to the relationship, you know. I only get on the nerve of people that I don't like. If I right. like yeah. I'm going to jokingly say that I was on episode 48 or something, <laughs> not episode one. You know what I'm saying? I've been waiting on my seat for a whole year. But I, <laughs> I wasn't even going to bring it up, but since you brought it up, 
<laughs> you got something you need to hold in? You need something you need to let? <laughs> been waiting to get on this show for a whole year. But look, I, hey, I remember my skills as a referee, I would never let you know that, man. We all did. See, that's how it works, man. That's how it works. That's how it works. I'm going to get you in trouble, but we both enjoying the process of you being in trouble. That's what it's all about. <laughs> I like I like how it's 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 it's, it's poison, but with cake. Absolutely, <laughs> no, but um, oh, I love it. Yeah, in all seriousness, it's, it's um, it's something as referees you got to strive for perfection because you 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 criticize. I mean, now we got MLR and it's right. It's 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 a different level of scrutiny, and so you have to you have to balance all of those things in balance the relationships you have with the players with the game your expectations your performance, you know, making sure you're anticipating or predicting, you know, right. The, the right thing and, and seeing the right thing. So um, my, 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 my brain of analysis is, is well deep. And that's why I kind of respect refereeing. And it's not the most, most people can't handle it. I'm not, right. but also most people can't handle playing. There most you go. People, most people can't handle coaching shit. Most people can't handle podcasting. They don't got, they don't got it in them to do it. Right. Anymore for 48 episodes they don't <laughs> which what you know right a lot of people want to do it it's true but it's but, it, it's what what are you capable of doing and and that's what makes it kind of interesting where you it's discovering that because obviously there always has to be something innate in you in anything that you do right but just because you might have it doesn't make it m- make sense yes experience will kick in maybe hopefully but you can experience doing the wrong thing for so so long so for you you kind of mentioned even before you're talking about travel and stuff like that who or what was it that helped kind of shape your your perception and your your guidance when it came to refing because obviously you'd have one prospect of it but like who's 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 over here being like all right marquise yo yo i i I get what you're trying to do here but you yo let's 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 ease it back over this way let's ease it back let's let's see what we're showing over here Look, I, I'll tell you this. As rough as I was as a player, <laughs> I was just as rough as a referee. <laughs> this is not. <laughs> yo, these not poor players. A, yo, what did I do? Oh, my God. Look, <laughs> as, a, as, a, as a young referee starting off, I mean, uh, and now in my role, I kind of understand it, right? I said, <laughs> look, man, you're no. recruiting. You're recruiting young people who are athletic and have a good rugby mindset to referee because these are the kind of guys you want on the sideline. Of referee, right? so you got to throw the carrot in front of them and say, yeah, you know, national panel, some travel. And so you kind of get them lured in, lured in, lured in, right? But the issue is this, man. The, the young people going into it, that's their expectation. They're like, hey, you know, I'm a, I'm a national panel, you know. <laughs> They they beat their chest out because they give gifts. They get they get some special treatments, but they haven't put the work in. Right. Nor, nor have they put the time in. The the work and time to me is different. So the work is actually going out and doing the games. You know, as many games as you can do. Right. And time because it takes it takes a lot of years to build those relationships. And I think that's right. something that wasn't stressed in my early refereeings. I, I I thought I was a fairly decent referee. You know, I, I thought I had it. All. I know, right? Yeah, I, I, I'm looking. I, I do a lot of analysis. I, I ain't bad, right? 
but was I what I was not doing and I, what I was not good at was building relationships. And and that can be a systemic issue because quite frankly the the refereeing world does not look like me. Right. I had right. a hard time having a yo soiree with the uh <laughs> with with my referee brethren because I I did not vibe with him. I did I it was not a it club just- that it was I'll, culturally off. It was already was, attitude different. And you're coming out of Long Beach. You're coming out even still as that player who is like, yo, we, we, I'm already, I'm hungry. Like, we yeah. about to go get this. What are you about to do right now? Absolutely. And so it, I had a, I had a lot of issues in Southern California, believe mm. it or not. And I had, so, I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty public, but. I, I found solace in Northern California at, in, in my in my stages of refereeing, and it was really guys like Pete Smith, um, who helped me out, who said, "Marquise, like you know, you gotta you gotta shut up, <laughs> you just gotta do it." And I would I would drive, catch the bus eight hours to NorCal to complete game just just to do just to do a game. Yeah, not not to pay not pay me to get up like just to get the experience of doing a game because the relationships, I didn't have bad relationships in SoCal, but I didn't have any relationships. And oh. you can't, you're not getting assigned the games you should be getting, you right. know, you're not, you're not getting no preferential seating. You know, you're not, you're not being considered for the perks and everything else. And to me, it was like, man, I'm born and bred in, in, in Long Beach in LA. So like, how are you not? Why, why am I excluded? Yeah. Which is, which to me in retrospect is is because I wasn't building those relationships like I should have. Right. Um, regardless of whether if I, I, I like these people to agree with them, it was it was something that when you're a part of a referee society or organization, it's all about you know it's the same thing as a team. It's, it's your team. You may not like your team, but you got to spend time with them. You have to have to get to know them, and you got to put that 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 foot forward. And so. Right. For, that was the most difficult thing, and that led me on the path of uh, of trying to see, you know, you know, maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not a good referee at all, right? Maybe these right. people locally, they don't like me, and maybe they're right. But NorCal, they like me, and they promoted <laughs> me. And then I went to uh, North Harbor in, in in New Zealand, and shit, I did really well there. And then nice. I went to Auckland. And I did really good there. And then I went to London. I went really good there. So I'm like, I don't think it's me. <laughs> so all that self-awareness, all that that possible. No, 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 no. I'm good. I'm good. What's wrong with these yeah, people over here? data to conclude that I don't, I don't necessarily think it's me. Yo. I, I have a part to deal with it. Right. But I also have to be a driving force to make sure that everyone else who's within this society and and in refereeing, you know, in my local territory, d- does not feel this way, and and make sure that they have the best uh, productive years of refereeing. And right. so I just made that decision to kind of take over the organization. <laughs> Yo, okay. Well, look, look. If uh, if you guys don't want to work with me, I'm gonna just just I'm gonna just pirate this. Like, let me just let me just take this whole thing. Hey, I mean, look. Uh, if we're if we want to call it, uh, these colonistic ways have proven themselves to be very. Uh, <laughs> so I, I was I was very fortunate enough to have Nick Ricono, who's a referee that that I admired and worked with over the years. Right. And during my troublesome years, he was on a national panel. He was USA's number one referee, so he didn't really have time to 
to do anything locally either. Um, but not not by choice, but because you know he he had it time had better job time. So me and him took over Southern California, and immediately what I started to do was start building our relationships with our uh, other referee organizations to the north in NorCal and to the south, and then really trying to put together. Um, a collaboration effort that will make sure that all of the referees, no matter what level that you join, you have a structure that you can uh, go to that will take care of you from the from from all perspectives, whether you're casual or you want to you want to be a next international guy or whatever the case may be. Like there is right. a pathway and outlets. You may not like me at all, cool, but I have another group that you may like that that may fit your build. You know. Right. Um, and I think that's very important. Like you have to, you have to find a group that's going to advocate for you, and 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 treat you well, and 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 be in your best interest as far as your goals and what you want out of it. So, that's what I've been trying to put together over the past couple of years, and and we kind of seen the fruits from it this year. Yeah, and it's and it's been really good. So, that's that's all I got here, man. Yo, no, that's that's legit, and and it it, it it's it's an interesting kind of look because. You know, again, the the emphasis on relationships is not always the it's not it's it's not an association that you have with referees. But I think that next level and it goes to recruiting, which we know in rugby, there's been such an issue of the number of refs. I know particularly here in the South, there's always an issue of number of refs that are available versus the number of games that are there. And there's always this question that I keep hearing is like, why? Like, why is it not working? What is the 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 missing piece here um, for you? You know, as you've developed these relationships, obviously it means that you've also gotten closer to players, obviously closer to programs. Has that been able to work in terms of your ability to recruit new and new young refs coming through and and starting to feel like you're developing? Uh, maybe more of a system of being able to have this rotation in that we hadn't been able to see before within uh, within rugby. Yeah, I think um, the interest that I get from players uh, across the board, even at the MLR level, to have an interest in refereeing now is it's is because I think the organizations you know across the U.S. have have started to change culturally. And it's, it's way more accepting and, and players can see themselves a part of that organization. It's a, a way more transparent because before you just kind of didn't know where they came from. Right. Right. They're just, you have a rep and they're up. just, hey, yeah. Pop up out, out the park. <laughs> just don't know a secret society of referees somewhere or something like that. So I think now um, as referee organizations, you know, across the U S and even the ones that I work with, you, you have to be out there. So if there is that, because all you really need is one guy from each team. That's it. Right. Not it ain't rocket science, right? Like if, if everyone has one guy from the team, then that means that we are fifty percent over what we need. Right. <laughs> Two teams have to play each other, so we only need one ref. Well, they need the one ref to do it. I mean, it yeah. might be a little biased towards his own team, but still, hey, look, yeah. we still got it. <laughs> so the the biggest thing from that, and what I learned, um. And when I, that's why I told you I still go to train. It's because I kind of missed the team aspect. Yeah. It's, it's pretty lonely. Like, you, you know, you drive into the park by yourself or going <laughs> by yourself. And, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a cool dude, but I, I like being by myself as well. Y'all like right. 
road trips and this and this and that and flights by myself, you know, or don't tell my wife, but I do, you know. I, 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 I promise she'll never hear this. She'll not get a specific <laughs> clip. <laughs> no, no. But um, I think teams, because we were a little bit more visible at right. training, a little bit more visible um, with development sessions and online materials that players start to see that, like, oh, it is a bit of an avenue there. You know what? Like, I want to be around my friends. So can I do both of them? And I'm always like, absolutely, man. You right. can you can ref the B side and play on the A side. Like you, right. there's mad options. In fact, you may get paid. <laughs> Beers may be on you. We don't we <laughs> know. Like <laughs> you get paid, you pay out, but you know what? You you're gonna get a good time. You're gonna have a good time. <laughs> and so to me, it's all about those those referee organizations really looking deep in how they've been recruiting. Right how they've been establishing their relationships and their visibility and seeing like, you know what, like maybe, maybe we should get together and, and go to a couple of trainings, you know, just identify one training here, one training there go at a team meeting here, but you have to have a presence. So people know that your organization exists right. and when know that you exist then you know, kind of get that carried in front of there and recruit that one player who's who throughout his shoulder, or I, I don't like to go on the bottom of the bear. I, I, I like to recruit the best players, you know. Right. I, I like to recruit the people who are the smartest, <laughs> who have the best relationship skills, who who every team wants them to referee. And, like, those are the guys that I specifically go out and target. I'm all like, you you will make a great referee. Right. I'm believing in you before you believe in yourself, you know. Like, I, I, I think you will be that guy. And, gifts, actually, I think you will make a good referee. Huh? I mean, I appreciate that. You can have some bias and everything, but <laughs> look, I got your favorites and Nola and everything else. So, I, hey, hey, look, the, you, 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 there's, there's never going to be th- that type of bias. The, the only big worry is, and I think uh, some people at Pitch Tent would probably think is, uh, if you forget that halftime is not the end of the game, and you just walk off, and you just. Like, <laughs> Everybody's like, "What happened to you?" And you're just like, "I don't even know what you're talking about." I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I, I, hey, look, we all walked off, right? Don't. Well, I don't know what this whistle. Is. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. So I, I, I think that the efforts across the board is right. a lot more better. I mean, a lot more better. I can't even speak. Um, right. a lot better. But um, it, it it's also up to the organizations to to really look at the the individuals they are recruiting, and then making sure to have good relationships with those you know rookie referees and. And it's meaningful and let them know that unlike playing like refereeing, you know, it's almost like a college degree. You're going right. to take four years to be really at, settled into it. Apply for a job. You know, I, I got a degree I can apply for. I, I'm still coming at the low level. You may want to go back and get your master's degree for another couple of years. But ah. you know, by the time you put your eight years in or six, I would say about six years. Like you have a fairly good understanding, and and you can deliver a really good product on the field, and that's a long term relationship. So, right, like with me and the referees I work with, like I've known them for a, a number of years, and I know a lot about them, and we joke and we laugh and we do all the other things that everyone else do, you know, as 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 friends because I've invested in the person, and right. not I need a referee, you know, this is not a. Yeah, it's, it's not a checkbox. Like I'm not, <laughs> not re- I'm not doing qu- uh, quantity. Quality. Work. Yeah, yeah. This is quality. So yeah, you may be short a game. I don't. I, doesn't bother me. But the 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 referees that we do recruit, I want them to stay. So right. we 
surplus a game. I mean, uh, uh, referees down the line that the guy's not going to quit in the year or, you know, right. halftime as you, as you would. Now <laughs> <laughs> like, like I'm going to need you around a couple of years, man. I can't have you just walking off and happy. <laughs> not going to work. <laughs> so work with me. Come on now. You, you just, just be better. But no, it, it, it's real. You know, like uh, I, I have a friend of mine who, uh, Alan Alonji, who is uh, a ref out here in, in the South. And I remember him as a player, good player, played at a high level at LSU. Honestly, I could have, would have imagined him playing anywhere else. And uh, he became a ref. And now he's, at, at, I think, national level player working his way up towards world, I guess, world rugby level. But he's definitely a national panel player. I, I mean, referee national panel referee and um but that effort that he put in and you literally were sitting here watching him over the years college games high school games uh uh, d1 championships just traveling and taking it in and you it does feel like it's a phd kind of process like you have to really invest yourself into it like allow yourself to be embraced and even the rules kind of from what i understand kind of uh restrict you from play after a certain level correct no <laughs> wait okay so i had heard like like you you can't if you become like a certain like a national panel board ref that you can't you're seceding yourself from playing i guess as a league player let me let me tell you as a as a person who uh books flights and and, and <laughs> do some scheduling of ref <laughs> games i know alan you know, I, I'm in charge of uh, COVID testing for MLR. So, <laughs> COVID tests every week. You know? Mr. Everything MLR rug- refereeing. <laughs> and, you know, like the the investment is what you have to look at. So, when right. you're not a referee, we already spoke about it. Like with a player, I can I can get another prop on the field. You can't get another referee on the field at that level. So, Facts. Alan, like you said, he's put in, you know, six, seven, eight years of work. Right? Right. Um, and in that six, seven, eight years, we go go ahead and assign them some matches, get them some good games, book some the line. And we all know that when you play rugby, there's there's a there's a, a, a sometimes you get injured, right? <laughs> so when I got my money on the line, and my flight's not refundable because I'm cheap, facts. <laughs> and I find out that you are over here playing rugby, <laughs> you know, for some D three game in the park. Trying to look like your high school days again, kind of shows to the person who's making those assignments and putting their money on the line to get you there in that time of development where your priorities are. And so, right. at the highest level, uh, you talk about national championships, like you know, those coaches have all paid into referee development, those programs pay all into referee development, and they, they want their referee prepared at the end of the season, right? That coach is probably not too happy to hear that. <laughs> referee was trying to sidestep somebody and broke his ACL. <laughs> so now they got to have gift rock up. <laughs> because that's all they got at the stadium right now. Right. So it's not that you cannot play. You can play. Right. However, you know, like the season, like our, our flights get booked pretty early. And right. so our commitment is to refereeing throughout the season. And, you know, some referees go off and play some summer sevens, some touch, some this, this, and that. But when you're looking at, you know, people investing money into you, like you want to make sure that you're available for and uh, to, to have a little bit of return on that investment. 
That makes so sense. Not, not a rule, but it, it's it's a it's a it's an unwritten suggestion, a strong suggestion, almost almost a nudge. You might be fit a little a little of a yeah. hey yeah. hey what what are you what are you what are you doing over here? What mm. what are you? <laughs> come on, that coach gonna look at you like, come here, man. <laughs> Talk to you. Um, and 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 that's what it is. But I, also, when you get to that level, you 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 have your priorities in order. You know what right. you. And so you, you know you don't have time on Saturdays to go out and uh, mess around and mess around because I mean and because you get older too you get the better you get the older you get the more you realize man I ain't twenty one I ain't <laughs> I can't tweak uh, 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 the leg cover from it uh, that that ain't happening immediately like it would if I was twenty one so even with me man I'm very careful with my nutrition and and right. and. Because the camera already add fifteen pounds to you, so okay. <laughs> remember you got to bring the flash. I all right, I afford to look like <laughs> anything other than than vegetables, God. Like that, I can't. And then you know, even my running and recovery, rest, all that stuff plays an important part. And the last on my list is right. truck, is trying to like scrum against a guy who's late mortgage payments. Destroy <laughs> me because I read brother two weeks ago. You know, like it's not, I'm not giving them opportunity. I'm not giving them free shots at me. It's not. Yo, <laughs> no, you know what's funny? It, you, you you sound like uh, Haley out of uh, Florida. Uh, I don't know if she's still in Florida anymore. The, the referee and or uh, Katie Hunziger, uh, whenever it's speaking on 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 referee preparation and and health and coding, like you guys, you know, eat, you know, you would think, you know, making sure just in case you get hit by that random rugby player on the field like your body's prepped for it but do you guys like now have a heavier focus into that it's the health and wellness man like i i tell you look the older i get the younger these referees get so, <laughs> look i ain't the most beautiful man on earth you know the camera don't, some people look a lot better on camera than me <laughs> I, you know I, the selectors with with the reason why they're picking me over these young guys, you know, <laughs> bro, it's a competition. So, right, we, Haley's Haley's not. Uh, I don't know how old. I'm not going to even go there. You can't even go there. <laughs> no, no. Um, so, from my from my perspective, you have to you you have to compete and you have to look at everything that you do as a competition because yeah. there's only one final. And especially like MLR level, man, there's 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 not a lot of opportunity to to, to officiate in that competition. Right. Like we're lucky enough to, to to be ARs and tech zone and kind of work in it. But and there's only there's, like three refs per per uh, day that are going to be happening. There's only yeah, there's there's only what how many games we got a, a weekend? Maybe like five or six. Right. So, Six guys in the country, and now you talk about the world because they have international referees coming in too. So. We are not competing with just the guy across the street. Like our right. knowledge-wise, performance-wise, and I think our edge as referees in the U.S. over anyone else in the world is the fact that we have the ability to establish relationships with these teams and coaches and players. So if we, if we are smart as a whole, Alan, you know, if you're listening, if you're smart, spend as much time as you can with Nola. Get, <laughs> get down there. <laughs> Do push-ups with them, pass with them, learn as much as you can. Because when you are called up, if you called up at any point in time, you may look a little bit better. You know, no. sexual a little bit more. 
you know, they, they, they may not go off on you when you yellow card them or something, but all of that takes into to account when, when you're building those relationships. So right. from my perspective, like, yeah, you know, we talk about it, but, you know, from our end, we competing too. And we're not, you know, at the MLR at professional level, you're competing with the world. You're not, there's not like a guy across the street just doing you a favor saying, go ahead, hop on Fox Network right now and just go ahead. <laughs> Give it a good old try. <laughs> that don't work, man. That don't work. That's why I was I had to get my hair done for the first game of the week last week, man. Read it up. Now, look, they say, look, a star's got to shine. You know, I, I got you. I got you. Once you put the explanation, you're like, okay, okay, I, I, I feel you. You try. It's not, this is this is bigger than just the one game. It's you're trying to set yourself up for the rest of these things out. One listening, the the, the context. You get asked me like, oh man, you had the braids last week and 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 the gift. like, yeah, sure did. I had the two braids because I wanted to give everyone that look. And now look, this week I'm gonna have the I'm gonna got the natural look. So which I'm a big fan of. Whatever, I, I prefer the natural fro. Let 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 that baby fly. Yeah, but I don't. If the selectors say they like the braids, then that's gonna be my. You gotta shot. go with the braids. That's true story. True story. But you gotta you gotta give the man what they want. You know what I'm saying? You gotta. Hey, if, if they like the, the gold tea, no gold, whatever, whatever I can <laughs> get that competitive edge, man. I'm, I'm giving it to you. I, I don't know if I can, I'm not gonna cut it off, you know. No, 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 calm, 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 calm down, calm down. Yeah, maybe put a bald cap if you need to go to that. <laughs> extent, right? No, no, but I, I think from um, from our end, especially in everything we do, like everything yeah. rugby is, is if you look at it as a competition. And you do everything you can to beat out your competition. Like we're gonna be in a really good place in the U.S. And I mean, I, I tell you that from the podcasting thing, from my perspective, it's, it's in a small refereeing world that that I happen to spend my time with. Build those relationships and be better in the competition. Like that's the that's the key to success. So, no, no, I, I love that. You know, uh, you know, I got one one more. You know, as as we wrap this down, and I you know. Even- Questions yet. You got look, man. Look, look, look. Do a favor, man. I didn't didn't even get in. I didn't even talk about your Brazil trip. (laughs) (laughs) That you got, you know, (laughs) kids and everything. Get in on you. So, this is my favor. I'm doing you a favor right now. I'm no, no, you know, you know. Look, look, you setting it up for the next podcast. You see how you're doing the teaser. You're like, yo, look, this is how I get my return. It's like, all right, I got it. On that one, okay? a little interception, just a little interception. You know, next time we are gonna talk about me. It's all about me. You, you bringing it back. You bringing it back over here. Okay, I got you. I know I it's gonna be episode one forty eight, but <laughs> when I do come back on, I look. See, season three, episode one, get it, get it in that. <laughs> it counts as a one, right? It still counts as a one. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That does count as a one. I, if I'm on the premiere season, that'd be dope. But no, I, <laughs> Look, yo, I mean, <laughs> yo, you're killing me over here. Well, I, I guess, guess the last one, as, as I take this favor into its fullest form, you know, you know, as, as you continue on this mission, you know, you continue developing as as a ref at the, this level, and you continue to try and bring people up, especially when it comes to black and brown kids. What is it that you feel is maybe the key? And it might be multiple things because obviously culture is 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 really placates into all this. But for you, what do you feel is 
the one thing that needs to be focused on within the rugby world, particularly within the USA, to be able to tap into this market where you can start to see more opportunities so that they can be able to have the same or similar journey that you've had uh, through this uh, rugby this rugby adventure? I think um, it's a it's a hard question because, I mean, I've worked and taught in South Africa for about five years now. Mm-hmm. And it's the same issue I find with teaching. Theoretically, we all want everyone to learn and, and, and to go to college and everything else like that. But mm-hmm. there's, there's a sheer deficit in people wanting to do the work to, to, to get to do it. Right. Like if, if you a brand new teacher, I'll tell you right now, you, if you can, if you can teach in Beverly Hills, or teaching where, where I was teaching, you're going to say, go and give me that Beverly Hills. <laughs> <laughs> like, go and get your couch in there. Because we, we don't have a, you know, a teacher's lobby. There's there's no mailboxes, man. I'm in doing work. And so when we talk about black and brown, I'm taking this as black and brown kids in the hood, right? Yeah. Like ones who have no exposure to rugby, where there's no rugby fields, there's nothing there. It's going to take people who are who have to sit and 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 say, you know what? For the next three years, I want to I want to start this program, and I want to to do it in a sustainable way. Like mm-hmm. I don't want to be the program. And I think there's a lot of people who does a lot of good work in the community that that is the program. And if they left, that program will be gone. Mm-hmm. So from my perspectives, you have to develop a system and a structure in place that will allow rugby to thrive in those areas. And that may be teaching people how to set up tournaments to fund their programs, making sure that all of these kids who are graduating college go into coaching so they can start coaching in their, in, in their respective places that they come from and giving them the tools and relationships and mentoring to make sure they're successful. And then also provide them opportunities to play. Um, and I think we focus in on the top end and I, the top end will take care of the kids. Like, right. absolutely. Your program is good. The kids will come and they will stay more. Right. And so uh, from my perspective, it, it's just that. And as a referee, I, I look at it as, you know what, like what is my role in it and, and how I can impact. And I'm like, you know what, refereeing is for everybody. You don't need to referee no matter where you go. But right. then also, you know, when I, when I was in, in high school, Luckily, I was a lifeguard because I wasn't getting a job in McDonald's or anywhere else. Like it was, gotcha. those were those jobs were going to adults. Like right, I got some kids. Like he worked. It's not like a, I I got off class and I need to go to get a job. Like some jobs are hard to come by. So mm-hmm. with refereeing, some of these kids at tournaments, at least in Southern California, you can leave with three hundred dollars cash in your hand on a Saturday morning, and then you you doing that on a weekly basis. So. The refereeing to me, it can provide those communities with with a sustainable way to play rugby, you know, where they're getting taught a skill set, a certification. Right. So if they do decide to play, they can play. If they do decide that they need a hundred dollars to cover rent, they can go out dollars yeah. to cover rent. If they do want to take up coaching long term, they have a place to coach and, and and players where they where they come from. But also, someone has to be there to make sure those relationships are are well taken care of and 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 growing. So for me, 
you know, for everyone who says, "Hey, you know, I, I, I wish we need to do this," it's like, yeah, go ahead, put the put the money where the mouth is, and 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 go and do it. But you can't you can't be the program in, in these areas. Like, and that's the that's the hard part because you 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 know you you one relationship away. You know, your missus may say, uh, "Rugby is done." You're like, "Ah, oh, man." And then about the kids, what about the program? Right. Go down the drain. So always finding the replacement, always having a mentee that you're mentoring, um, always having someone, you know, that's going to take your place and having that really growth mindset and being open to open to, to new challenges that, and doing what you're doing. You know, this is very important. So if I was considering rugby and I listen to podcasts, I'm like, I, Giff, I'm going to go listen to him. Girl. <laughs> you know, I, can, I can see myself doing that. Like, like, yeah. <laughs> he's, I see what he's doing. Yo, I can do this so much more. <laughs> when I started playing rugby, I had to order off eBay, like Wales history of Wales and all oh, yeah. something. Oh yeah, rugby to like, like what is this coach talking about? Like I had, I couldn't even see. It wasn't even YouTube back then. <laughs> like I, that's how it was. So now, like the the world, the world is so. The opportunities are there, but the relationships right. are not, and that's that's the key to me. Opportunities, plenty. Relationships to make those opportunities and, and doors unlocked, few. So, where we right. can really help those kids, those black and brown kids, is is making sure someone's there to unlock the door for them to go through. So, shit, that sounded good. Cause you might have to write that one down. I don't look, look, look. It, it, it's almost like we we were recording, you know. Maybe I think we got the, I was about to say, I think this is a sample right here. I think this is a clip <laughs> that I can use right here. <laughs> yeah. Get that music playing over it, right? I actually might be interviewing this as a sample. People are gonna be listening, they're gonna be like, Oh my god, they already predicted this already because we don't edit, you don't edit over here. <laughs> Like too much work. <laughs> I just came here to talk. Like, what, what are we doing? All this extra stuff here. Yeah, but um, yeah, that we got the BIPOC rugby play. So it's, it's all about building communities, safe space, work. all of the stuff that everyone's been talking about. But then also making sure that these people can can have a career in rugby because it's all about sustainability. You know, that's the key. That's like, industry. Apps like you right. know. And be a podcaster, a pro, a professional podcaster. You can be professional referee, professional mm-hmm. coach. You can be the next, you know, Las Vegas Sevens. Like your tournament can be the best, and that that tournament can can fund the rest of the pro. Like there's so many opportunities, but right. we just have to make sure that people know how to explore and have confidence to to go out and try all the new things they can. You know, so that's that's my very small perspective on the matter but i mean i mean you say small i'm i'm going if that's small man uh king a uh what do you call it uh captain ahab's coming after this piece all right <laughs> <laughs> no it is but we all we all have a small play small role right. to play in this you know we, we put it together you know we kind of unite the forces and put it all underneath the umbrella everyone's you know within our circles is doing some really good things and we had a couple chats over over the past months about right projects and things we want to do so as soon as we able to to, to really work together and, and and combine our efforts in a very professional way just like you're doing with the shout out to the hsbu uh h i can't even say it 
HBCU. Now I'm butchering the thing, man. Look, no. yeah, no. HBCU classic, <laughs> April thirtieth to May first. Is that right? May first and second, but yeah, I, I, who's showing up on the thirtieth? No, thirtieth is just when people are coming in, man. This is just like people are just trying to like. Hey, look at that, man. Look, you're gonna have to show up. The day after everyone's already partied and got to know each other and all this. No, this starts the 30th, man. Our relationships. It's not about the product. The most important day to this is that day that they come in building those relationships. See, like, hey, track tr- I'm talking about that. True, true story. True, true story. Uh, but look, look, for what it's worth, you know, you might not have that relationship on the Saturday, but you're going to get it on that social. And then Sunday, yo, you cool. This is how you. <laughs> got you, got you. All right. All right. I got, I got you. You embedded it in. You embedded it in. But it's very important. So from Keep the, it very organic, you know. From the, from the National Development Summits that USA put on. And yeah. It's been areas. I love going to them, but I also fell like a fish out of water because I do not know how to small talk. I can't go into a room. Hey, Johnny, how's it going? Like, I am not good at that. <laughs> Yo, give me and something to talk about or don't say nothing at all. Like, like we're not talking about the weather. <laughs> so we talk about sustainability. You talk about how we're going to grow this. That's right. a skill set that our community needs. Like, we need to be professionally in a room, right. learn to small talk, learning how to connect, learning how to establish relationships. And if the only time we establish relationships and building is over a beer at the end of the match, that's that's not, not going to grow what we need to grow. So, but you know, you know I, what the interesting part on that is, and and it'll always go to the concept of small talk. We, I think, we always forget like what the beer does, but at the same time, what we need to do without it is it helps us find navigate the the pathway. To how to have the real conversation because some people and I've learned I love because sometimes just getting right into it and just being like yo let's talk about this but yo some people in this you got to make sure you have that warm up you know and and I I I'm all I'm all for the drink the drink is <laughs> look look it's nothing wrong with the drink I'm just talking about the environment right rugby song in the background like right I'm telling you the, the hard thing to do is just sit in a stale room <laughs> and get what you need to get done. That's all. We ain't been putting those environments too often. You know, I grew up. I don't. I don't. I don't small talk. I, I don't even know if I'm saying it right. And I don't want to call out nobody. But it's if you can envision a room full of people that you are not familiar with, you have no idea who they are. But they, right. they the rollers. They the shot callers. They the committee members. They the board members. They everyone you want that you need to get your project, your tournament off the ground. And that's the mentoring relationship that you need to build and the connections. Those are the areas in which I find I found myself struggled, struggling sincerely because I was, yeah. I was just not that I'm shy, but it's just you don't know where it's the opening. Like it, it just it's opening. not natural. You don't want to feel forced because it feels unnatural. You don't want to. You're not going to get what you want, and it's hard to do it organically because it doesn't feel like yeah. the opening is there to begin with. So that HBCU classic, man. I, I, I suggest, man, everyone get into a lobby. Let's 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 just shake hands. Put our little polo shirts on. Let's, Let's go. And then Saturday we play, and then we can go ahead and have those drinks and stuff later and, and, and get ratchet and stuff. I am 100%. But there's a skill set that you should probably sprinkle in and bed on there. So when they do turn into directors and coaches, and they are in that uncomfortable situation that they, they have practiced it a bit. Right. That's what I'm saying. I'm always trying to sprinkle some some extra stuff on it. I'm taking over your program now. Nah, man. Just, look, look. This, this is why I have it. I, I 
I'm not here to talk. I talked to him too much already. Let me let somebody else take over for a little bit. <laughs> oh. <laughs> look, look, we here for those opportunities that people take advantage of, create, or have – I forgot what I said at the beginning. But the point is via rugby, and this is where you're doing – but that's a sprinkle. Yeah, just just a sprinkle. But I, I think everything everyone's doing is, is really good. So, no. I mean, this time next year, when we look back, we're like, man, we accomplished a lot in 2020 for a lot of people. However, I think it was the best – for us to organize in a way that we have been doing over the past months with all of the various projects that everyone's doing. And it's been, it's been really great on that front. But if we all were just playing rugby this entire time, we I don't think we have it. I mean, because right now, we canceled this a couple of times and I was late because of this. <laughs> rugby is back, right? That takes priority. So I had time, but you have that reset. It, it, it's true. Uh, and, and I've said it once before and I'll say it again. I, I absolutely believe that this post-pandemic era of rugby is going to be the most uh, culturally relevant that we've had because it's going to be an establishment of not only the industry, but it's going to be the establishment of the the personality of rugby. And I think that also builds towards the actual development because now people actually feel that there is a uh, uh, a direction. There's a di- yeah. So, all right, yo. So where where can people find you? You know, dropping all these sprinkle knowledges. You know, just 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 hitting it out like 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 the salt man over here. Look, man, you don't have to find me. I will find you. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Yo, all right, all right, all right. You Mr. Can, Men in Black, all right. <laughs> use that Instagram. Use use the Facebook, Instagram. I'm old school. I still use Facebook. I'll, I'll call you up on Facebook. Like, if I got friend you, I'll call you from Messenger. <laughs> hey, look, you know what? You know what? Facebook is still the preeminent social media platform, and until somebody comes and beats it by its billion, it no. still counts, regardless of what generation it is. Instagram, so you can't even say that. I'm like, well, it's the same thing. So, yeah. <laughs> Marquise Goodwin, I think my name is Keith the Great on Instagram. I don't so do humble. That was part of that. That I just I just don't get it. You know, <laughs> really, I I just I could not wrap myself around Twitter. I don't get. It. But um, yeah, those two platforms are probably used the most. Uh, reach out to me. Any questions, concerns with refereeing? I'm involved in many competitions across the. <laughs> <laughs> any capacities and roles and if i can help you out 100 i would so man have me on man it's really Brother. really a blessing really appreciate it i feel like i'm a part of an esteemed group of people man well you look look you are uh and that was even before the podcast ever before i ever invited was able to invite you on so no the mere fact you came through and uh it, it does mean a lot and like i said i i had enjoyed doing these and you're gonna be on here again like we got more conversation now now we've established the origin now we can just go talk yeah. this in let's go crit- critique some more games <laughs> yeah we can definitely do all of that but you you on everybody else but i've I seen you making prediction shows you know and then man you busy you're a hard man to get older I mean, look, look, look. We 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 trying. All right, we we trying to be visible. We you know, it it, it we try not to get lost in the ether. <laughs> what's your what's your record on time for one of these? How how, how long do your podcast usually go? You I don't even know anymore, man. Look, we we're, I think the longest one. I think this is coming up on the longest one. I think it might have been almost coming up to two hours. Always competing. Always. <laughs> Always. That, 
That was he went to die trying. He was like, no, no, no. I'm trying to spread this. Exactly. <laughs> that was the longest one, most engaging, you know, <laughs> opportunity to end. To be no. Attitude that I have. Hey, look, for what it's worth, you're, you're competing with Cheddar Amber right now. All right. This is between you and Cheddar. Like, this is, this is, this is healthy. This is good levels to be on. You see what I'm saying? You see, you see how it all works? You see what I'm saying? If you have that, you have that mindset, man. It only gets everyone better. It don't even work. Now, next time you come on, you're like, well, I got to do two. I got to do two and a half hours. Okay. Hold on, let me. I got a pen, man. Let's talk about this pen real quick. No, I can hold it. Believe me, believe me. <laughs> I can do this. Absolutely. No, it's been great, man. Looking forward to to, uh, to listening to the rest of the shows and working with you sometime soon. Absolutely, because yes, we got I'm, a whole HBC rugby class. Point in time during the season, I'm gonna try to weasel my way in on one of those games. May have to kick your homeboy Allen off one to get myself. But. <laughs> All right, he's gonna be all like, why can't he sign himself down there? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I gotta kick him a gift, man. <laughs> oh. Hey, look, look, I'm not gonna be mad at it. You know, Alan, he'll recover. He'll recover. It'll be all good. It'll be all good. Love okay. you, Alan. Love you, Alan. <laughs> Marquise, man, thank you so much. You're on episode 48. See, I'm told you, we made it happen. We made it happen. <laughs> Man, and I hope you guys really enjoyed this uh, so much. I uh, thank you guys. Please check out some of our other podcasts. Last week we had Erica Mori of the Italian Rugby Federation. We had Robert Perry, the head coach for Curacao Rugby. Um, we had Nicolette Pantor, captain for Trinidad and Tobago. Uh, we had Jess Nielsen, head coach for York University in Canada, rugby national team member. Uh, we've had so many people. We had Sarah Alice Saul, former USA rugby national team manager. Ryan Ginty, out of Next Level Rugby, producer for the MLR games that you guys are seeing nowadays. Keyshan Down, uh, vice president for the Jamaica Rugby Union. Katie Sadlier, general manager for women's rugby at World Rugby. We've had just so many amazing people. Uh, Gabby De Pellegrini, Victor Vidor Encina, and Leo Crema of Curitiba Rugby in Brazil. We go international. Tiara Mack of Rhode, the Rhode Island State Senator and former Brown University rugby player. Uh, Coma Gandhi Fishpin, part of the board of directors for USA Rugby. Gordon Hanlon, the coach educator out of uh, Dallas. Georgie Coda of Dropkickers and formerly of Rugby and Beauty. Uh, Kamani Davis of Roots Rugby and Made. Like Freddie, Freddie Henry. As you, I mean, we got so many people. We're talking international. We're giving you guys the full amount. You guys want to check it out. And I'm telling you, you guys are not going to regret it. And I want to thank you guys all for being a part of this and continue to do it. So I hope that you guys know that you're ha- I hope that you're happy. I hope that you're healthy. And most importantly, and I hope you guys take this at heart, I hope you know that you are highly favored. Until next time, talk to you later. Cheers.